Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. Today we're in the music department, talking to Director of Music, Ed Gent. Now this is a great episode. Ed talks to us about why boys learning music is much easier at certain age in a boys' school, what some of his favourite pieces of music are that get performed in school. He talks about the differences between European music and African music, and we hear his feelings on when a pupil at school shows potential to take it to the next level. But then we also find out something about Ed's love of jazz too. Now that's all coming up in this episode, so come with me while we speak to Director of Music, Ed Gent. Ed, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How's the world of music today? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, as always, it's incredibly busy. I've just taken a quick five minutes off from recording some of our Christmas music, uh, which is going on in a studio behind me. But all is very well. All is busy. And yeah, looking forward to uh, talking to you. Dying to ask then, this Christmas music, what, what, are you, what are you recording at the moment then? Well, it's one of our takeaways, really, from the lockdown. We did a lot of recording, obviously, because there's no live concerts going on. So um, we created a 12 Days of Christmas, which was sort of an item of music uh, for the last 12 days of term, which we released to the world. And it went down quite well. So we decided we'd crack on with that again this year, on top of all the live events that we are, we're going to do, which we didn't do last year. So it's going to be a really busy time for us in the next few weeks and months but Christmas is the best time for a music mm. department so we're not complaining. Okay well I'm dying to hear a little bit more about what those upcoming performances are going to be but we're going to come on to that a little bit later but first of all I'd love to know a bit more about your own education about where you went to school what your experience of school life was like and what your journey was coming to QEH. Okay well I started music at quite a young age I was one of four children Growing up, my dad was away quite a lot. He was in the Navy. So my mum had to basically keep us out of trouble by uh, throwing us into all sorts of after-school clubs and activities. So we Mm. did a huge amount of sport as well as as music. So I remember starting piano lessons when I was probably about five or six. Mm. And then when I went off to school, I think really that's when things started to sort of get really quite busy for me, you know, with the ensembles and the choirs that I started to join. You know, I just realised that actually this was something I was not only quite good at, but also something I really, really enjoyed. Mm. So I developed a real passion for it in my first school, which was a boarding school down in in Tavistock in Devon, and managed to get to the sort of top end of the choir. I was leading the choir and I was sort of leader of the orchestra and things. I was really enjoying it. So I thought actually a music scholarship to my secondary school might be uh, on the cards and Mm. that's what happened next. So I took that and then went off to secondary school in, in Taunton, King's College Taunton, as a music scholar. And then really that's where it obviously it just grew more and more and more, introduced to more things, picked up more instruments and just found a real love and passion for the subject. Uh, decided that it was definitely something I would be interested in taking on to university. So that's exactly what I did and went off to Southampton University to study music there as well. Fantastic. So, so music has been yeah. a very constant theme throughout your life from a very young age in that case. Absolutely, yeah. I can't thank my parents enough for just forcing. I I don't have the fondest memories, actually, of starting piano lessons. I do remember crying my eyes out <laughs> all the way to the lesson every day in the car, but knowing that I was going to get a chocolate bar from the post office afterwards was the only thing that got me through. <laughs> and I'm no, no shame in admitting that. That was, you know, I do remind a lot of people it's tough when you start an instrument, you know, the first few weeks, years they're tough you know you don't mm-hmm. make necessarily the progress you want to you're quite young there's loads of other things you'd rather be doing 
But, um, you know, once you get to a certain level, once you're actually enjoying playing that instrument, then then you reap the rewards. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're you're very passionate about music. That's coming across in your voice. Why, why do you feel that music is so important in schools? Just think it is. I mean, it's so important. I'm such an advocate, obviously, as you would imagine. But I just, there's so many benefits for music. Obviously, there's countless studies that have been done that show how learning musical instruments in school helps to develop the mental side of students as well as their self-esteem, their confidence, teamwork skills and things like that. But just generally the enjoyment factor of playing a musical instrument with other people or singing in a choir with other people. I mean, it's just it's unparalleled, really. Maybe close mm. to the same as playing in a team as well in sports side of things. But it's just it's just that extra enjoyment factor of, of school. You know, school can be a tough place if you're just focusing solely on your studies you need these escapes you need these opportunities to do things that are enriching mm. and obviously music's such a key part of that you know mm. we're, we're so busy at the department keeping people entertained busy outside of lessons I think it's just so important really important yeah so tell us a little bit then about how the music department looks at QEH what makes the department special how does it actually look in terms of you know the different lessons the different musical instruments that are happening Give us an insight into what that looks like for someone that maybe hasn't even been into the music department at school. I mean, obviously, the music department is broken into two sides. You've got the academic side of things. So they study music as a subject academically for year seven and eight. And then it becomes optional at year nine, like all subjects do, apart from the core subjects. And then we do have sort of a gentle, steady flow of students studying at GCSE and A-level. So that's obviously one side of the department but the the area I suppose that takes up the most of our time is the extracurricular and we have 250 to 300 students learning a musical instrument in school as well as hundreds more out of school there's so many people learning instruments that are looking for opportunities to to play those instruments with other people or sing in choirs with other people so really our mission is to is to offer as much opportunity as we possibly can for musicians instrumentalists and singers to to use the skills that they're learning Mm. uh, and and get the enjoyment factor out of playing and singing so we have i mean fluctuates throughout the year but between 50 and 20 different ensembles and choirs that rehearse during the week during before school and uh, lunch times and after school and about 30 concerts a year that range from very very informal lunchtime concerts in front of a very small but respectful audience all the way through to our sort of flagship main uh, concerts and and services in the cathedral so you know we cater for for as much as we possibly can but really our, our mantra is if you're learning an instrument we'll give you as many chances as we can to perform it or if you're if you're a keen singer we'll give you as many opportunities to sing as well so very very busy but hugely enjoyable and tell us then about some of the instruments that people play. I mean, you mentioned about the choir, so clearly there's a lot of people who sing. But but what are the other instruments that, that the children like to enjoy? Instruments they like to pick up and learn from a young age and then progress all the way through school life? Yeah, so a, a really nice mixture. We have about 15 instrumental teachers that come in. So we're all the string instruments, violin, viola, cello. Sadly, not many double basses, but I'd love to see some. Some double bass players coming through. All the brass, as you can imagine, predominantly boys at the bottom end of the school love to play a brass instrument because it makes the most noise. So we've got plenty <laughs> of trumpeters and trombone players and then woodwind, flute, clarinet. I mean, we, you know, every orchestral instrument's catered for, but I would say at the moment, the sort of hot three favourites are guitar, drums and saxophone, I think, which you Ooh. know has been sort of trend recently. I think mm-hmm. the last few years, our, our guitar teacher is inundated with requests each year, as is our drum teacher. We've had to get secondary teachers to sort of help fill in the gaps because they are 
immensely popular at the moment, but it comes mm. and goes, you know, peaks and troughs. Yeah. So what can we do then about double bass numbers? Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to guess that one of the reasons for, for children not playing double bass is that it, it's hard really, isn't it? If you're at a social gathering, you know, I'm imagining a campfire, that not many people bring a double bass along, but you can take a guitar along. Um, what, are the, what are some of the benefits? If, if you were the marketing department for the double bass, um, how would you promote it? Well, I would say it's not just the double bass. I think there's, a, there's a, a certain number of instruments that very sadly the numbers are really dwindling nationally, especially uh, Bristol, but you know, nationally, uh, which is like the trombone as well. Sadly, that's in there, the bassoon. They're mm. quite obscure instruments. To, to sell it is a, is a tough job, although you sort of say, you know, once you get to a certain level, you're, you're guaranteed a spot yeah? <laughs> in every orchestra we have. We'll, we'll plonk you in everything because yeah. you'll be the only one playing it. But uh, it's a tough sell, I know. And obviously those big instruments are quite hard to, sort of carry around as well which is equally difficult but you know there's always a place for a double bass player certainly in my jazz band I would love to have a uh, someone swinging a classic walking bass in the jazz band but maybe one day who knows well if that's not an advert then I I don't know what is Um, (laughs) Ed do you think it's easier for boys to enjoy music in a boys school instead of co-ed good question I think personally this is obviously just my opinion but I think I'm one of the departments that benefits the most for being single sex up to 16. I think it's absolutely perfect. I think it just removes quite a lot of that awkwardness or that embarrassment that maybe you might get if you're trying to sort of sing or something in front of mixed groups. I think boys can just be a little bit more themselves and I think music takes full advantage of that at the bottom end of the school. And Mm. I think by the time they get to 16, they're already experienced and enjoying their music. It doesn't make any difference really, I don't believe, if if we go co-ed and sick form. So... I'm I'm a massive advocate for for single sex at that middle age, so I think it yeah it hugely benefits the music department. Mm, that's interesting. So tell us then about some of the your favourite performances that you've seen coming through the school in the past. Do you say there's thirty a year? Yeah, about about thirty sort of live events. Yeah, Gosh. I mean, I mean that that's yeah. pretty significant. What is some What are some of your favourites from from the past? Well, I was going to say from the past 12 months, but of course, a lot of those have been virtual. So, you know, looking back over your time at QEH, what have been some of your favourite moments? I guess it it really depends on on the musicians who are are performing. I mean, we've we've been so fortunate to have so many very, very talented musicians. And and actually, as a music teacher, you know, when you're running an ensemble or a choir or something like that, you're so engrossed in it. You don't really necessarily enjoy the performance because you're just, you know, you're thinking about all the mistakes that they might make and you're panicking. Mm. But if you get to sit back and listen Mm -hmm. to a musician playing something uh, that you haven't necessarily been part of, that is just the most rewarding thing. And Mm. we've had some concerts at St. George's, which is our gorgeous uh, concert hall just down the road from us, which we use for our sort of major concert. We've had some performances there that have just been absolutely spellbounding, just beautiful. And I, you know, I very, very fondly remember them. But equally, we've had open mic nights in the theatre with super extremely talented musicians playing solo or in bands there. There's so many highlights throughout the year and over the years that I could I could pick on. But ranging from everything from the sort of rock and pop to the to the classical. Yeah, been very Mm. lucky. And what are some of the more popular performances or pieces that you've been doing? I'm not thinking so much of. Uh, well, well, I guess I am, you know, not just from an audience point of view, but also from from the boys point of view, you know, whether it's, you know, musicals or, you know, 16th century Latin or, or something else completely different. Which which ones generally get the most attention? I suppose thinking about the choirs, the singing, which is obviously what I, I, I um, am more heavily involved in. 
I'm really into world music, absolutely love world music, especially African music and African singing. So I've started to kind of make a bit of a tradition of having, at singing at least one African song in a concert each year. And that tends to be quite popular. I think not only the parents enjoy listening to it, there's something about that sort of music. It's very different to our sort of st- traditional European style music. Everyone gets a real buzz from singing it and gets a real buzz from listening to it. So I'd say that's a good example of things that students always come to me going, please, can we sing another African song this year? <laughs> Which is great. I certainly don't have any complaints. And there's a few other pieces. So since our, in our St George's concert, we've traditionally finished with a British Fantasia at Vaughan Williams, like a, a sort of Fantasia of Sea Songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think I just picked that from my school because it was a tradition at our school because we were quite military-based, our school, lots of military families. So we played it for the parents. I just really enjoy playing that. So we sort of traditionally brought that to QH and we play that at the end. And I think that was, you know, a lot of the students like, please, can we make sure we finish the concert with that again? So Hmm. there's the occasional piece that gets requested. But actually, I do my very best to try and avoid playing the same pieces or performing the same pieces. I, Hmm. I, I like to try and keep a real healthy mix. I wouldn't want kids to get frustrated by singing or playing the same piece every concert. So we try to mix it up as much as we can. So African music feels like it's going to be very different to Talis or Bird or something like that. <laughs> Just describe to us for a moment, you know, maybe people that haven't heard any of this African music. How 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 does it sound and how is it different to the to the European music? Yeah, it well, I mean even the way in which it's sung is very very different. It's it's all learnt orally. So there's no music which I think actually makes things a little easier. Obviously, pronunciation needs to be worked on. No one's fluent in Swahili or Afrikaans, so we have to sort of work a little bit on pronunciation. But it's really enjoyable to put, put a song together orally. So, you know, for instance, we just had choir uh, yesterday and we were learning an African song and you just work through it part by part, you know, and, and once you've got your part... The good thing about African music is, is it is quite simple, really, if you look at it compared to the sort of music that we might sing traditionally. It's quite simple parts, but it's something about the simplicity of it and that actually makes it just so enjoyable to listen to. It's very rememberable, very sort of repetitive. And mm. obviously you throw in a lot of African percussion as well. Mm-hmm. And so as a spectacle, it's something to listen to. It's just an explosion of sound. Mm. So I think it's it's just the way that, yeah, we, we learn it from, from oral, orally instead of through music. I think that's one of the differences. You can really mm. enjoy singing it mm. straight away instead of having to note bash from the start. Hmm. Now you mentioned earlier in this recording that uh, one of the benefits of music is that it helps to develop the mind, I think the, the mental state for other areas of school life. And some people kind of do feel that music is good in schools because it helps to enhance the more academic subjects such as maths and English. But while that might be true, do you feel like music is could be standing on its own two feet that like people aren't giving it the importance that it that it warrants because you know at the end of the day music is is music and you know should we be giving it more of a space where it can stand on its own absolutely and it's it's just heartbreaking to see how 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 much and the funding of music at sort of nationally is just is is being axed because they're, they're sort of moving away from that they're sort of forgetting that that the the importance of of enriching not only enrichment about people having the opportunity to develop things outside of the academic world but how music can transcend across all subjects and how it can help you cognitively how it can help so many different areas of a personal development and I feel yeah I feel like it should be given a little bit more of 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 an importance and and what we're really struggling with at the moment is nationally as as a subject it is is dwindling and it's being removed school by school from the curriculum because they can't 
you know they haven't got the funding for it and, and that for me is absolutely tragic I, I don't believe it's you know if you look at the importance of the subject and how it can enhance so many different people and, and you know just looking the other day at an article about singing and and what singing does on a daily basis you know it was saying this this particular article saying oh everyone should sing for five minutes a day because of the positive endorphin releasing experience and mm. and and how it can put you in such a good positive mindset and you know yeah i'm i'm such an advocate for keeping music alive and keeping sort of communal singing going and it's i feel like it's it's becoming harder and harder to do that sadly yeah now, every year we've got things like the BBC Proms at the Royal Albert Hall. It's a great way to introduce people to music in a very informal kind of setting. Do you think the industry is doing enough to attract young people, though? Oh, I think they're trying, absolutely. But again, like, like I said, that they are slightly restricted to the funding of just looking at Bristol as a city. You know, the opportunities for students to perform and play in orchestras, they're still there. There's amazing opportunities for for classical musicians and jazz musicians and pop pop singers and rock singers mm. they're all there i think i think their opportunities are there but uh, they're just being drowned out a little bit by so many other opportunities and 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 maybe slightly more for focus on the academic side of education that possibly is just getting in the way and making those decisions to to take up those extracurricular opportunities is making them a lot harder i believe mm. yeah mm. i do believe they're there what would you say to a parent who may have a child at school who is passionate about music and is very good at music where maybe the parents had gone through a more traditional education more traditional kind of career and maybe they'd be feeling a little bit more comfortable if their child was going to be going into law or medicine or something like that but instead they were saying I want to do something with my life in music maybe the parents feeling a bit nervous about that maybe they they're trying to get over their own nerves what might you say to try to reassure a parent in that situation well that's a good question and actually it's it's quite rather close to the bone because we have that almost on a yearly basis uh, you know we're a very academic school and you know the students are really stretched academically and, and quite often the very musical ones happen to be incredibly high achievers and mm. are umming and ahhing over becoming a doctor and a, a dentist or something or a vet but they're also exceptionally talented musicians and you know do they take music as that fourth a level do they you know as a subject music is is considered a very academic subject and that's the argument that we have to consist consistently fight for you know it's mm. not looked at as a sort of oh a bit of a oh you turn up play a few instruments and have a bit of fun it is it's a rigorously academic subject so mm. that's one side of things that we always just have to remind parents a lot of these professions actually take a look at these a-level choices and see something like music or something enriching like art or drama and they see it as a massive benefit it just shows an all-rounded more sort of hmm. uh, enriched student who's had probably more world worldly experiences so um hmm. you know we have to constantly remind people that music does look very very good on paper as an a-level as well as all the other subjects and learning an instrument you know obviously we we remind them of the benefits that hmm. their student will gain outside of the classroom it's a very different subject or extracurricular it's very different experience to, to studying quite you know heavily academic subjects like maths and science it's it's developing a completely different part of their brain and mm. and and part of their mental uh, you know development is it's it's got so many benefits so we just have to constantly remind them of that and then cross every finger that they're <laughs> going to make the right decision <laughs> well yeah. that's, that's good to hear Ed, I got, I've got a couple of questions just for you now, actually nothing to do with school life. You mentioned that you learned the piano from a young age and that you joined a choir from a young age. Um, is there any instrument that you don't play at the moment that you'd love to be able to play? Maybe something if you could like learn to play it overnight, like a bit of a plug-in. What instrument might that be? 
I think the double bass <laughs> is up there. I think I think for me that I've always wanted to be a trombonist. I think there's something about it. I just mm. think it's one of the coolest instruments out there. And it's not something that you can pick up very quickly, sadly. It's you know, like if you learn how to use the vowels on a trumpet, you can blag the other instruments that use vowels. The trombone is so unique. Mm. But I've seen I've seen I'm really into jazz, jazz music and soul. And there's some trombonists who I've gone to see live and I think probably more than any other instrument they've inspired me the most i think mm. probably mm. Uh, so yeah definitely trombone and you say you're into jazz do you think movies like la la land are a good thing to help the the whole the whole jazz uh, side of music yeah absolutely jazz is a difficult genre to uh, sort of send to the, get out to the masses i think la la land has probably done a really good job jamie cullum when he came along did a mm. massive thing for jazz and michael buble certain mm. artists that have sort of brought jazz and swing to the to the main stage which i think you know they've, they've done a fantastic job i mm. believe yeah absolutely yeah okay let's just imagine for a moment that you can only have one of the following to exist maybe if you're on a desert island so i'm going to ask you uh you can have mozart or beethoven <laughs> beethoven definitely. beethoven yeah. oh, okay yeah. let's say you can only have the sixth pastoral or the ninth which do you choose <laughs> we're getting specific uh, now. Not that, uh, uh, okay so i'll go sixth i'll go sixth yeah okay I'll all right. right okay <laughs> beethoven or brahms oh i don't think i have a preference to be honest but i'll probably stick with beethoven actually yeah. stick with beethoven uh, okay beethoven or bach yeah, yeah beethoven beethoven still, still sticking with beethoven okay all right yeah I, I i've got a lot of respect for bach but i don't think i could listen to him again and again and again and again oh well coming yeah. from a pianist though i'm quite surprised about that yeah Let's say German or Russian. You can only have one, one or the other. Russian, Russian, Russian. Yeah. More okay. flamboyant, more flamboyant. Yeah. Okay, Rachmaninoff or Korsakov. You're testing my Russian now. Rachmaninoff or Korsakov, <laughs> one or the other. It's got Rachmaninoff every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm as much as I love the love that that genre of music. I would say it's it's not my preferred genre. I, I'm very much more of a sort of modern instrumentalist and. and performer so mm. I'm, I'm, i think if i was choosing i would probably take a, a back catalogue of of soul or gospel music nice funk, uh, okay. uh, over anything from the classical genre yeah romantic period yeah okay so just sticking with that then there's a disney movie called soul isn't there yeah yeah have you seen it yeah, is it good a, would you recommend that, I did, that yeah. boys at the school watch it Yes, yeah. I don't, you know, there there could be. Uh, there's some good music in it. The storyline's a bit bit of an interesting one. I did have to watch it because it was called Soul, and I immediately had my ears pricked up by that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, it's great to see um, sort of children's movies sort of developing into that area of music. I've never seen that before, so yeah, mm. big fan, big mm. fan. Yeah, Ed, we need to bring this to a close in a minute. But if anyone's heard anything and wants to get in touch with the music department, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, we're very active on social media certainly many ways in which you can find us if you just type qh music into facebook or instagram or twitter you'll find us but certainly by email if you wanted to sort of ask personal questions then feel free to send emails we've got a email a music department emails just music depth at qhbristol.co.uk that'll get straight to the music department if you had any specific questions yeah okay so music depth as in dept is that right de yeah dept yeah excellent Dept, all department. right yeah well, Ed, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for opening up the world of music to all of us here and uh, at, at how it all is at QEH. Thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure. No worries. Cheers. 
So that was Director of Music Ed Gent talking all things music at QEH. Thank you, Ed, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Now, if you'd like to contact Ed directly, then you can by emailing musicdept, music department, at qehbristol.co.uk. And you can follow on social media by searching QEH Music or just visit the school's website. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so that you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.